0: Today, uh, remembering 9-11, the L.A. health director says the quiet part out loud about the coronavirus and the NFL has officially begun, but not without controversy. We will get to all that and more. And it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today, uh, unfortunately joined by this guy over here who he just I don't know why I, you'd he's- like, I wanted to wear this for you. The, an eagle sweatshirt you wanted to wear. Does it wear say eagles? Me. I just saw the flag. Oh, That's really? you it, flag. it, it the was American just flag. you being patriotic. Yes, 9/11. Mm-hmm. Patriotic
1: mm-hmm. flag.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Stu gear Thank you. Stu does America, <laughs> and you can find it somewhere. I don't know where. I guess Blaze TV or whatever. Uh, also joined. Uh, I'm sure he's like, why did I come on this show? His first time on the show, uh, Steve Krakauer. He is with Fourth Watch Media but he also has just had a huge announcement. He will also be joining Megan Kelly's new podcast as the executive producer of that.
2: Yes, thank you very much. I'm, I'm a little bit overdressed, but, but happy to be here.
0: <laughs> You're usually not overdressed, I gotta tell you. So we're dealing with this guy over here who's yeah. just trying to troll me, mm-hmm. and I'm super pregnant and only fit into like three things right now. So usually you're right on par for how we dress. I'm
1: not pregnant and I can only fit into three things. So it's much worse.
0: Uh, all right. So I want to get to the headlines of the day, but, you know, I think it's, it's important. It is 9-11 and uh, what, what's it been, 19 years? And it, that... That's incredible when you think about uh, how long it's been since the towers fell. Um, But I just kind of want to get your thoughts, gentlemen, kind of a reflection on how far we've come, because, you know, at the beginning of right right after this happened, September uh, 12th, September 13th, we seemed to all be in agreement that the country needed to be united in times of crisis uh, in, in times like this. And. It feels a whole lot like we've kind of gone the other way um, and you know you look at all of this I know those of you who are watching on, on television uh, you know we see this footage every year and it doesn't get any easier to watch but it feels a whole lot like you know at that point we were banding together to overcome terrorists who were trying to destroy our country and 19 years later it feels a whole lot like we don't need the terrorists because we're just kind of doing it to ourselves at this point point. and I don't mean to be a pessimist but it felt like we learned something for a little while and at some point we kind of lost sight of it
1: (laughs) it's it's really true And, and you go back and you think about the specifics of of that that uniting right You had a time where everyone was going to church. Everyone was praying. It was Mm -hmm. very common to see people praying publicly and talking about it publicly. Now, whenever we have a tragedy, it's, well, thoughts and prayers are not enough. You know, we hear that all the time. You go back to um, uh, the police. I mean, the police, people were buying NYPD shirts all over America and wearing them out and and proudly supporting the police. Now we're in defund the police. It's like the, the, the good side of the argument and the bad side, we're hitting them with rocks and bottles and, and you know, Captain America discs in the back of the head, um, you know, all these terrible attacks on police. And we have the, you know, the vice presidential candidate for the Democrats who is act out there actively raising money for, to bail people out of prison who, or jail who have done that. And the one that I think is really crazy is just the political um, divide. You know, look, George Bush was always hated by the media. There was always a, you know, Clinton was always hated by the Republicans. The divide's always been there. But I always find this to be the most fascinating stat in the world on September 22nd. Uh, George W. Bush hit 84% in approval rating. That's incredible. Among Democrats. Wow. wow. Among Jeez. Democrats. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would if have been Donald incredible Trump- overall. Yeah, right. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got he was I was at, waiting uh, for that. Yeah, he was at something like 92 or 93% overall, but 84% among Democrats. Jeez. Can you imagine any circumstance which Donald Trump could clear 50% among Democrats? <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine any. Any circumstance, no. he could cure cancer, he could cure Alzheimer's, he could cure every disease we know of, and the next day Kamala Harris would be up there. I, I don't trust Donald Trump's cures <laughs> of Alzheimer's. It, like There is no way that that could happen today. It seems like a foreign not in a foreign country, a foreign planet.
2: Yeah, I think even even a generic Republican couldn't get 50% from Democrats. I yeah. would say at this point, I, I, honestly, you talk about the NYPD hats and the and the FDNY hats, and and really just somehow in the 19 years since it, patriotism has become somewhat controversial, at the at the mm-hmm. very least controversial. Yeah. If not, you know, there's probably you know think pieces being written about how you know patriotism is actually racist or something. You know, honestly, like it, the 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 leap that's gone, and and you know, I, I don't know. It, it hasn't been just in the last three years. It seems like it's been this gradual progression over the last 19 years. Um, but, but certainly a major change in the the idea of what it means to be united as a country has has s- somehow been, been turned to become a negative thing, which is kind of shocking.
0: Yeah. Uh, so 19 years. So you've got an entire generation of Kids who well let's say okay, so nineteen if you were born nineteen years ago, obviously you missed it. But how old do you think you would have had to have been to grasp the concept? I mean, you're talking what, eight? Yeah. Ten, yeah, maybe?
1: Realistically So
0: even even children who nineteen years ago were five, six, seven years old, I still don't think that they would have grasped uh, what was actually happening. And it just makes you wonder, you know, you have these these college age, uh, I wanted to call them children, but that would have made me sound really old. But then I just <laughs> told you all that I was going to say it anyway, so I still sound old. But, uh, you know, you've got these, these young adults who are growing up and they just have no they have no perspective on how bad things can get when it comes to you know, foreign terrorism. And I just wonder, I don't want it, but I wonder if they're not going to have that until something else happens. You know what I mean, Steve? You're yeah.
2: nodding. No, I, I agree. I, I think that there there is something that that you know. And I, I was 18 when when the you know planes hit. September 10th to September 11th really changed the idea of what was even thought possible to to uh, the what does hatred of our country yeah. look like? You yeah. Know? And and I don't. I'm, yeah, I agree. I don't know if people who are you know 23, 24, 25 today even understand the 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 scope of that. What the the difference between what it felt like before and after in that in that sense. And uh, yeah, I mean. You know, I hope it doesn't it doesn't take that um you know hopefully you know people can kind of gain some perspective without reaching that that level of it um but no that that is that is unbelievable and it is kind of you know interesting just i i you know fascinating that we were talking like about social media not being uh available then right and and you you think now like if social media was around then would all of would the same feelings that we have now that are kind of ingrained in us from that moment Mm -hmm. still be that way or would it be this this instant reflex that it often is on social media to like instantly take the other side or, oh, right. dimin- or, you know, go a different direction with it. Yeah,
0: what do you think, Stu?
2: I think that's a great point. I can't even imagine what it would have been like if, if we would have been
1: down the Alex Jones route a lot faster in that <laughs> well, incident, that's true? I think, yeah. uh, honestly, if that was more common back then. Um, you know, I mean, I think, you know, this is the first election that someone who was born after September 11th can vote. And that is wow. crazy to think about, yeah. you know. Because I remember thinking, you know, like people who were born and didn't really experience, for example, the breadth of the Soviet Union and and the influence that it had around the world, have no concept of like when we talk about communism being bad. Like you see all these young, you know, people who are at, you know, uh, they're at these protests and stuff, and they're advocating for socialist principles, and it's like you know, it's, it's all textbook to them, right? Like the, there's a couple of countries out there and they, they never did it right. Um, but, you know, when you were in the middle of a, of a Cold War and you actually saw what was happening all across the world, it was a lot easier to internalize. That's now, I think, gone for a lot of people for September 11th as well. And, you know, you mentioned like they don't, with with terrorism, they really have no concept of there's what, they will, I mean,
0: what what's happened?
1: I mean, yeah, there's shoot mass shootings is probably as close, and that's mm-hmm. and terrible. Um, but it's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. They're they're learning it in a different way, I think, with with the with the pandemic, which is another thing where like you'd think this could never happen in the world. Like you'd never think of even if you just look at it just from the economic perspective, where country after country after country would shut down for a long period of time. It's a whole new thing. It's like, I I, I look back at it in two ways. Like there really was a change that day where it felt like everything was kind of normal and all of a sudden everything changed forever on September 11th, you know, but. Today in 2020, I look back at 2001 and I'm like, gosh, that was pretty great. <laughs> like, I, yeah. we we had what a couple of terrorists to worry about. Like, it seems <laughs> like minor in comparison to what we're dealing with today on so many levels.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to the headlines of the day. So, good news. There's a new uh, whistleblower report and okay. whistleblower claims. So, in case you guys thought that we were done with the big circus dog and pony show. We are not Uh, apparently the former head of the intelligence intelligence branch within the Department of Homeland Security. Brian Murphy filed a complaint this week, alleging top officials at the department wanted to alter intelligence briefings to remove findings on Russia and white supremacists. Now he says Brian Murphy says that this was done to appease, of course, President Trump, and uh, he says that Acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf told him that National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien was the one who made the order. O'Brien denies these allegations. It, you know, it sounds like it's a bunch of more he said, she said. And uh, if that wasn't good enough, Adam Schiff is, uh, is leading this charge. So I, what could possibly go wrong? This just what feels could like... go uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> this just feels talk. like... Uh, I feel like we're perpetually stuck in the movie Groundhog's Day about every single subject you could possibly imagine this year. At
1: least that was funny.
0: Yeah. I mean, look. Turns out it's not funny when it's real life. No, it's not.
1: I mean, Adam Schiff, uh, he's a joke. It's amazing, though, that, like, they keep going down this road, right? This was something that you could. they, they came up with this idea that Donald Trump was like basically working for the Russian government in 2015. Uh, and they, they've been beating this drum now for five years, and it has not led to any fruit. There's no, that's a really mixed metaphor. Like beating a drum to lead to fruit. However that works, it, oddly, beating the drum didn't get them fruit. Um, it's, it has not been a fruitful journey uh, for go. the Democrats, right? This has been something where, I don't think this has hurt Trump in any way. You look at his, his approval rating, it really only moves in massive circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it moved a little north initially for the coronavirus, then a little bit south. The same thing with like Charlottesville. The, the, only the biggest stories will move this guy's approval rating at all. Mueller didn't do anything. If anything, it helped him.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you mentioned Groundhog Day. It feels almost there's like this Mad Libs quality to it. It's <laughs> like, all right, we're just going to replace this. Okay, <laughs> yes. it's a whistleblower. Now it's in this department. Yes. It's with this person. It's, you know, it's honestly, and, and, and none, it, all of it and just rendered meaningless. I mean, it, yeah. you know, especially when you have a media that you know, by design, moves so quickly from one story to the other, and you know, it feels like the kind of thing where Donald Trump sends a tweet that about uh, I don't know the NFL or something like we're about to talk about, and all of a sudden, it, you know, everyone just like you know moves to the to the next uh, you know squirrel yeah. and moves squirrel. to the next acorn. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that there's going to be, but I would I would say this is certainly a precursor for what the next six weeks feel like they're going to be, which is just hell. week after week <laughs> of, of the next. You know, <laughs> let's try this. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the seventh level of hell.
0: I got it tell you I picked a good time to be on maternity leave yeah. whenever that happens I'm just going to exit and let you guys take over and have to deal with the daily thanks a lot right yeah uh, all right we've got more coming up first we want to thank our sponsor Rough Greens so uh all right let's let's ask you a question here really quickly if all you ever ate was celery how healthy do you think you would be well you I, I would, I would say that that's all Stu eats because he's a vegetarian, but he's like not the vegetarian that likes vegetables. No,
1: so pizza is a vegetable in my world.
0: It's, that, that's not how yeah. it works.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm against your scientific consensus. I
0: can't though. even tell. I know that the, where I'm supposed to read an ad for Rough Greens, but I can't. I just have to say really quickly, I was really taken aback when I when I heard that Stu was a vegetarian because every time I was like, this is awesome. I'm on a show now with this guy who also loves vegetables. Yeah, and so I'd come on and try to talk about our favorite vegetables, and he's like, I hate all of those things.
1: I just like the fact that you got excited that you wanted to talk to me about favorite <laughs> vegetables. So I who
0: does that? So, uh, me, apparently. Uh, but we're here to talk about your dog getting their proper nutrition from all of the veggies and all of the good stuff that, you know, you're not going to feed your dog. Uh, your kids don't eat it, your dogs don't eat it, especially if they're eating the dry dog food, which, that's that's what we buy our dogs, right? We go to this Petco or PetSmart or whatever, and we got, buy the dry dog food. Well, they actually killed all of the good stuff, all of the vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidants, the probiotics, all of the stuff that your dog needs to thrive and live a healthy, long life. Uh, they're killing that in the process of giving it a long shelf life. But here's a way you can add it back into their diet so they can be as healthy as Stu is when he <laughs> oh, eats don't all it his like ve- These poor dogs. <laughs> <laughs> when he eats all his vegetables. Uh, it is a supplement that you put, you sprinkle it on top of that dry dog food, and it's going to put all of those things back into your dog's diet it will promote a happy and healthier lifestyle your dog's also going to love it mine does I know Stu's does as well um, and mine was a really really picky eater and now I know that she's getting the nutrients that she needs to be a pain in my behind all day long you can take the Rough Greens 14 day jump start challenge today for $14.95 you will see the difference in your dog in those 14 days or less all you got to do is go to roughgreens.com blaze that is R-U-F-F slash blaze back in a minute Oh, it's good that we're back on air so we can stop talking about Taco Bell. I I don't know about that. I think this guy could go the entire show and just talk talk about Taco Bell. Uh, All right, so Los Angeles County's public health director predicted... Now, when I I said at the top of the show, they're saying the quiet parts out loud about coronavirus. Uh, We kept saying... This feels a lot like they're trying to put this on Donald Trump for November. feels an awful lot like this is a political move. Uh, well, the public health director there in LA County predicted that schools will not reopen until we're done with elections in November. She made the comments on a uh, local, yeah, on a local uh, television station, KCBS. She said, we don't realistically anticipate that we would be moving either to tier two of the reopening plan or to reopening K through 12 schools at least until after the election, after, you know, in early November. <laughs> like, when we just look at the timing of everything, it just seems to us the more realistic approach uh, to this would be to think that we're going to be where we are now until we're done with the election. Until the that's first very Wednesday of the sounding. month. I yeah, mean, that's that's the just, we always start
1: school, Wednesdays in November.
0: Very scientific, obviously. <laughs> uh, it really does. It feels a lot like they're just saying the quiet parts out loud now at this point.
2: Yeah, this is the this is another time. I mean, she she always seems to say things that she's yes. asked to walk back. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sort of interesting. She back in May, she predicted that this we would be locked at that, that LA would be locked down. I think she said until August, uh, and and then she had to walk that back. Although honestly, they have they've been locked they down kind a lot. Of have, they, yeah. they, they, she wasn't a whole hundred percent wrong about that. No, it's 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 like whether she meant it that that we literally are going to we're we're, we're locking down until then, or whether just in her mind she does it. But it. it it's confirming what a lot of people I think are already already thinking about this, which is that every choice that's being made and, and there, there are every, I mean, we're in Dallas, you know, there, mm-hmm. are, there are different choices being made between school districts here. Right. Uh, it, you know, if, if we're making choices based on political decisions, which is what people already kind of loosely feel, uh, once you start saying these things, it's, it's, it just makes people, you know, furious, and I think yeah. rightfully so. Still? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, This stuff can get out of control where you're saying every
1: little response to the coronavirus is about politics like, you know, people will will reach and grab for everything. It's always about Donald Trump. And I don't think that's true. Right. I mean, Donald Trump didn't didn't close the economy for six weeks because he wanted to sink Donald Trump's election. Right. There's a lot of things, I think, that make this into a separate story from politics. That being said, we're now six weeks away from the election and damn, it doesn't feel like the Democrats are trying to now utilize this. My better example, maybe even at a higher level, would be the way that Democrats are treating this funding um, coming from the government. Yeah. like. The Democrats have never opposed funding for anything yes. in, in American history. It's never occurred. I'm a, I'm a historian. I can I can point <laughs> that out. Um, I mean, maybe for the military. That's about it. Here they are. With, you know, where the, the 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 Republicans are coming to the table and say, "All right, how about a trillion extra dollars? We need to get these people, you know, the extra unemployment thing, and help these businesses out."
0: Which, like, for the record, I'm uncomfortable with.
1: I'm like, I, I think I'm, everybody's uncomfortable <laughs> with how much we're spending. Yeah. You know, in, we do understand that like this is a different type of crisis. Right. I think We're like right. you, we the government's told these people yeah. to shut their you the can't down.
0: force them to shut down and then not and then, give yeah. them any form of payment however that's what we're doing
1: yeah. and why are we doing it not because the republicans are opposing it because the democrats are opposing it and i don't like yes they passed a 3.4 trillion dollar package in the house that they knew had absolutely no chance of surviving the senate and then they just basically pushed and kicked the can down the road and it's like now they're close enough to the election that they know if they dump a trillion dollars into the economy right now mm-hmm. the economy is going to have a nice burst sugar rush mm-hmm. and people will not be complaining about their economic uh, down you know issues before November if they let this ride every day more businesses close more people are out of work. More people are suffering. More people are struggling, and the the media goes along with them and says, "Well, the Republicans failed to advance the bill," rather than saying the the Democrats blocked, blocked it. it yeah. So, you know, I I, I I do I think that like every Democrat in America wants to hurt people f- for the elect- election. No, does Nancy Pelosi? She doesn't care at all. Mm-hmm. Why watch her walk through that hair salon and tell me she cares <laughs> about the regular people out there? Yeah,
0: exactly. What are what are your thoughts, Steve, on the way that uh, Uh, that the country, I guess Congress has handled this because as Stu said, we've spent a lot of money on this, but at the same time, you can't force these people to shut down their livelihoods and not give them any compensation. So it's difficult to find where the where the happy medium
2: is. For right. Them. No, I, I think that you know to the to the point. It's it's what's happening in D.C., but then also how is it being covered and and, mm. I, and the framing of it is so important to it because it's it's very clear where, where things are getting blocked and where things are getting presented. You know, and and actually, you know, it, it, a media that would be interested in in pursuing you know the the, the nuance of the of the matter would would. Go and, and tell us exactly what's happening when that's not that's not the case. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, I, oh, every step of the way, you talk about the, the framing of blocked versus fail to advance. You know, it's small things like that that are that are just trying to mask the reality of the situation. And you know, I I'm, I think this is a symptom of certainly the last three years, but but also honestly, it's it's been going like this for for a while now, and and it's it's only getting worse. And certainly as we reach an election year, uh, you know, or re- or reach an election day, you know, it's it's just going to continue to go down on this path, unfortunately.
0: Do you think there is, after Election Day, do you you think, let's say that Donald Trump wins, let's say that that Republicans uh, don't just get slaughtered. Will Republicans return to the party that cares at all about conserving money, or are we just, just no one cares about that anymore?
2: I think I think it's got to depend on 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 the the, the situation right yeah. But, uh, but yeah no I I feel like we so
0: spend money on the things that we really like <laughs> yeah right, but the yeah. other stuff don't right. spend money on
2: I, yeah it's 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 we've gone down this 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 path here and I, I I'm not sure you know where things kind of net out party wise yeah. um, but I do think that uh, if if you know if Donald Trump is re-elected we are going to see the the response from from I think one side in particular, and I would say, you know, the, the democratic response. I think there's going to be a large sense of just panic there, uh, and you know, I I, yes. I, I think there's going to be a lot more of that's going to be super notable about how that happens, how the media frames that, uh, that the scenario, that the realization that the, we've got four more years of this, um, that's going to really stand out, and I think uh, you know maybe maybe draw some conclusions from that. But yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, like
2: it's true. It's like
1: Trump is is. Trump I don't think they've really considered Trump winning. Mm. Like, I
2: don't I don't think that's really Again. Second time to no. Yeah, second no. time. I mean
1: yeah. I think there's that nagging thing thing in the back of them remember this happened last time we were here before like they're getting that weird deja vu and they're freaking out for that but they don't I don't think they really consider that this is going to last more than four years Um, and you know look I Trump has done a lot of good things we've discussed them here many many times there's a lot that I like about Trump is he doesn't care about spending at all like I mean he he really legitimately just doesn't care it's not it's not a priority for him at all he didn't run on it as a priority he ran like we went over this with social security this 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 week you know the Democrats new tactic is to say that Donald Trump wants to cancel Social Security, which is the most insane thing. Like he won the primary against people like Cruz and Rand Paul by saying, I'm never going to touch Social Security no matter what. Um, he wants to cut a tax and change the funding structure. And they're trying to essentially scare seniors uh, to vote for Joe Biden because of, of that. Da- there's no evidence, though. I mean, one of the, the the real criticism I think you can have of Trump, at least as a conservative, is to say that he really hasn't attempted to control spending. The COVID thing is somewhat out of his control. And I think mm-hmm. you could excuse at least a good chunk of that. Um, because of the circumstances, but when it comes to spending as a whole, it's just not been a priority The idea that he's gonna shut off social security is just complete.
2: He wouldn't be able to do it anyway But it's also just completely insane. Yeah, you mentioned veggies. It's like you know, we we're we not in the eat your veggies presidency right now You know, this is like, you know candy abe That's that's all you know yeah. that's, that's the way to, to get you know to turn people towards your side in some ways. Um, but no, I don't think there's a lot of you know uh, principled veggie eating happening necessarily.
0: <laughs> well, Stu would know a lot about that uh, before we go Oh, I, I was just reading before we came on set that Dr. Fauci had given some interview. I don't know if it was included with the interview where he said Trump didn't deviate from, you know, what he told the public or what we talked about in private. Um, but he's made a comment about once there's a vaccine. Yeah, I still think you're still going to be needing to wear the mask, you know, inside a movie theater for like a, at least a year. And I was like, I just can't, I can't even begin without my head exploding I mean, the only I how think, that
1: would... I didn't hear this interview, um, <clears> but I will say that the only thing I can think of in that is that he's assuming it's going to take a while for people to get the vaccine. So, like, we have yeah, a vaccine. He said,
0: he said, yeah, he said, if everyone gets it, and let's say it's, you know, I think it would be... Um, uh, if you said it would be 70% effective, that probably is a little bit high. I think he said, like, maybe yeah, 50 to 60% usually, effective. Like usually, and yes. so everyone would need to get it, and then we'd need to measure, you know, the efficacy... But we're still needing to wear the masks.
1: I mean, you know, look, I, I don't I have to see a little bit more on that one. It's, it's go, ahead, well, go ahead,
0: Fauci apologist. Go ahead. Let me give you my mm-hmm. Fauci apologist mm-hmm. uh, routine
1: for today. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that you were a Fauci apologist. Oh, yeah. they, just they, wait, Steve. Okay. I don't think I am. But they like to call me the son of Dr. Of, of, uh, Anthony Fauci. <laughs> okay. I consider myself a little more Berksian in my approach. Okay. Um, but oh, I, but I would, you wish. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, but no, with, uh, with, with Fauci. The one thing I think is interesting when it comes to politics and the coverage of this is Fauci has an innumerable amount of times done exactly what you just kind of brushed over there, which was. (laughs) hey, Donald Trump didn't say this terrible thing that they're saying behind the scenes.
0: To be fair, I did not brush over it yesterday. I covered it on know, the show. I know,
1: I just, I'm, just, I'm just torturing you. i uh, just like the, the hoodie, I'm torturing yeah. you. Um, yeah, thanks. You know, he has done that a lot of times and yeah. and, and an odd amount of times for someone um, who is in the position at some level where he's he's got this exalted media sort of credibility where anything he says like, will dissolve mm-hmm. a criticism. So many, many times Trump has been criticized for, oh, he doesn't care about this, or he's going against these these restrictions. And, and Fauci keeps coming out publicly on CNN and saying, actually, Trump listened to everything that we said. Right. And it's like, well... I think that's an interesting part of this, because Fauci really could have taken this 80 percent approval rating he has nationwide and walk into a publisher and get a James Comey book deal before the election and been out there the entire time. Say what you want about the way Fauci's handled this. And I think there are criticisms, even though you can say he's my dad. Um, But there are criticisms and I have problems with some of the stuff that we've done. But like. He must actually care about this, right? He like he must be there thinking that he's doing the right thing because he could have made himself so much money by going to the media, by taking high-paying consulting gigs. You know, the guy had a role way back in the day in HIV, uh, and he yeah. you know was was big in that in that whole research project and trying to find a vaccine for that, which by the way we didn't. Um, but he could have gone to any. Any uh, you know big tech or big uh, biotech company in the world and, and been paid multiple millions of dollars a, a year as a consultant. Uh, the fact that he stays there and the fact that he publicly goes out and defends Donald Trump on TV yeah. is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, a, he's an oddball. I'll say that in our in our media culture.
0: Well, uh, not to take away from Stu's point, I'm not going to say he doesn't have a point, but I will just offer up to you, Steve, that uh, it's it's been a there's a very long time since 15 days to slow the spread. All of a sudden now, well, you have to wear masks up to you know possibly a year after we have the vaccine in a movie theater. Well,
2: and, and masks were certainly you know originally said we yeah. should not. Be wearing masks and right. you know, there's lots of uh, you know lots of quotes from, from Anthony Fauci and from, from others who are saying you know we should not right. be look I, I think one of the most interesting things about the media coverage of Dr. Fauci because as you say he's like you know the, the god to the media yep. mm-hmm. the only thing they think he's not telling the truth about is what he really believes about Donald Trump <laughs> right. you know, amazing. It's, it's, you know they, they just keep asking I, I was shocked he was on Good Morning America George Stephanopoulos again asked him you know I, I, what's, what's really going on behind the scenes it's like just believe me and move on like how right. many t- Times I have to answer the same question six months into a pandemic.
1: They think uh, gonna, I mean, they think they're going to get him, and they yeah. may. And look, they may. I mean, I but the fact that he's not doing it before the election is is kind of amazing. Uh, you kind of thought oh. there was going to be this big, this big tell-all book, mm. a big interview, you know, something where he would come out. Th- it's Comey, right? Like Comey comes out. And, you know, he he's he he's going to come out, and he's going to uh, you know he, he he acts like this guy in the middle with all this credibility, and you know when he has a chance to exploit it, he does. And that's happened so many times. How, we could go. Through an entire bookstore and find nothing but anti Trump books from insiders. And for whatever reason, Fauci's still on TV defending the guy, which is like, tss, he could barely get his family to defend him at we, this point. He's got family members releasing books against him, and we, Fauci's out <laughs> there defending him. I think we figured
2: Last out or? the October surprise. Yes, there you go. Oh, no. <laughs> there it is, right there.
0: Thanks a lot for putting that juju out there. So. He said it, I didn't say it. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break back in a minute.
1: <laughs> it's his fault. Blame him, America. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jeez, a Fauci defender, I like it.
1: Uh, you know, again, I don't find that.
0: All right. Switching over to the NFL. I'm sure these guys can't wait to talk about the NFL, which has finally started Thursday night's game between the Kansas City Chiefs uh, against the Houston Texans, of course, became political. There were some fans that were booing Uh, when they all stood. There was a moment of silence for racial equality, which, you know, is just can we just let me just get something out of the way here. Is there anyone at this table who does not believe in racial equality?
1: No. I'm for it. You are for, for it. I it. Okay, equality. see that's I'm gonna shocking shock because you guys and say I also am for it.
0: See, but you're two white men, so I feel like it's shocking that you would be for racial equality, but here we are and everyone at this table can just agree that racial equality is a good thing. It's kind of like the way that we've been operating for a while now. Yeah,
1: it's always been a goal, right?
2: I would like to end racism. <laughs> also. Really? Because
1: you? Yes. you saw that in the end zone last night? Well, why I,
2: I had that thought before, but I couldn't verbalize it. Oh, and then okay. I saw it and I was like, that's the, that's yep. the move. You know? <laughs> so, uh, that's
0: the move. S- some <laughs> fans were booing uh, and it just got a little awkward. And then uh, Chris Collinsworth, one of the announcers, said this.
2: I feel like I have to start off by saying I stand behind these players 100 percent, 100 percent. What they're trying to
0: do is create positive change in this country that, frankly, is long, long overdue. So let's just get that out of the way and go call a football game. Get that out of the way. Now we're good and we don't have to talk about it again. Now, I will say, full disclosure, um, I have been. Hit kind of hard by our audience in previous years when I was openly like, I'm still I'm still watching. I'm still watching the NFL. I'm still watching football. I'm not gonna stop watching because of the stupid me stuff. I don't agree with it, but this is like my escape and I'm still gonna watch it. And this year I I just I can't do it. I'm not gonna try to explain to my son why there's these messages in the end zone. I don't wanna deal with the insufferable commercials in between. And so I did not watch it. So I didn't watch it. So you guys need to to give us give us the lowdown on how insufferable it was. You
1: can spread your hate from Sarah to me instead. Yes. I will continue to watch it. Um, With
0: I, your stupid sweatshirts. Yes,
1: I, I really legitimately don't care what athletes think about any of these issues. So I don't go to the NFL to learn about racism. See, or, I
0: don't care, but I don't I don't want my kid watching yeah. it and getting these thoughts of like, oh, America's a racist
1: country. Yeah, I hate teach, I, The idea that we're going to teach people race, kids racism is, is you know, we, we, we covered this book, Anti-Racist yes. Baby, by Ibram yes. Kendi this week that's in Target. Freaking Target teaching anti-racist nonsense because the anti-racist thing is different than saying you're against racism. It's an actual belief system. Ibram Kendi just, you know, going to his views and, uh, you know, they're way out there. Um, But I I actually had this scenario with my daughter last night during the game because she wants to watch the national anthem because there are two you know girls singing. And I don't know who they were, but they had very nice voices. Um, so she had two questions during it. One, because they showed the Chiefs, right? Chiefs, every single person on staff and players, every single person except one was standing. There was one person taking a knee. I didn't catch who it was. She asked, she asked me, why is he? The, why is he doing that? Why is he uh, on his yeah. knees, or why is he different? And I said, uh, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know the rules. <laughs> I thought that covered it, right? That's a pretty good answer. And then they showed the two uh, women singing, and uh, and they were singing very, their beautiful voices. And she said, w- uh, "Why are those people on their shirts? And they had uh, Breonna Taylor and uh, George Floyd on their shirts. And I said, "I don't know. Maybe they're their
2: friends." <laughs> You don't know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually know who, who the artists were that were singing. So I didn't either. Maybe I didn't they were either. their friends. Maybe uh, they were
1: their friends.
0: That, that, is, a, that is a very kid-friendly, kid-friendly that's answer. A I very good, that's a good, like, good dad. Good a kid, dad. I
1: was basically just avoiding um, <laughs> uh, having to act. But again, like I think you can go down these these roads. Like I, you know, I started it a little late, not really intentionally, but it, I really liked it. I fast-forwarded through a lot of nonsense. I'm there for the games. I, of course, agree with the the goal of ending racism. We're all pretty much there. That one seems obvious to me. <laughs> um, but we've gone to some other weird place here where, uh, you know, for some reason, we have to have this in every single thing that we, you know, to, that we look at. You know, we don't is, get
0: an escape anymore. That's Co- why. Collinsworth thing. Right.
1: The Collinsworth thing is a perfect example of this. I have no idea what Chris Collinsworth actually thinks about these <laughs> issues, but he expressed it how everybody exp- how really feels, which is like, all right, let's get us out of the way. We're not racist. It's
2: okay. Back to the game. That's what they want to do. I, I, honestly, I was I, when we were watching that, I was I, and you were talking about Ibram Kendi. I was wondering like, what does uh, Ibram Kendi think of this kind of comment? I mean, is, yeah. th- is this actually anti-racist? I don't never think be it good is. Enough no. For you no. By no, Kendi. I can guarantee that. It's just so funny. We've, we've reached this point now where we're going to dissect. Okay, so all the chiefs stood, but one didn't, mm-hmm. which actually was you know most NBA players Neil. Yeah. yeah. Um, then the other team, the Houston Texans, all stayed in the locker room. So we don't know if when they were there, what they were doing back there. Nice. Some were probably kneeling, some were not. We don't know. And then they they now are playing the Black National Anthem yep. uh, yes. during the NFL games. And the, and the Texans, they did their moment of unity together, and then they went back to the locker room during the Black National Anthem. Why? why I, I don't understand. Uh-huh. Well, that the reason was because we didn't want, they didn't want to make it seem like they were, you know, in the locker room for the National Anthem, but not for the Black National Anthem. So it's all so the signaling way. choices, Gosh. all the things that we have to, like, the sort of the color commentary for the things that are not related to the game. By the way, the Chiefs won. Yes. That was, that's all I can, you know. <laughs>
1: Dominant doing yes. it. Because, uh, like, the Collinsworth thing is, like, the equivalent of the Instagram black box, right? Yeah. It's like, well, yes. I guess we have to post this or people yes. yell at us. I yes. think that's the way this works. You know, I, there's no reason to believe Chris Collinsworth is a racist. Why are we assuming it? Like, why does he need to say that he's not a racist? Like, it's a, it's a ridiculous standard. And I don't, I, you know, I, 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 it, I can understand why people... Uh, Wouldn't watch it. I think like back in let's say 2016, Mm -hmm. you know Colin Kaepernick is kneeling, and and I've made this argument on the show before. We're like, why are you blaming the league, right? Like Colin Kaepernick's one person. He's like one of five people in the league who are kneeling, and he also isn't in the league anymore. Like he actually like the big complaint is supposedly he was so wonderful of a player that he should be back in it. I totally disagree with that idea. You know, the the fact that they, the league is embracing it at least at, at least in week one, which they've kind of signaled we're doing this for week one and then we're going to play football. Um, we'll see if that's true. But again, I think like the idea of an organized boycott is always something I think is silly. I'm not mm-hmm. a boycott guy at all. Mm-hmm. But if you're not enjoying it, this is right. what you're expressing. Yeah. Like if you're not enjoying something, then there's no you don't have a loyalty to the NFL. Right. You don't right. owe the NFL your viewership. Yeah. If you're not having a good time watching it. Uh, you shouldn't watch it. Yeah. I, I just refuse to let these players take away something that I enjoy. They're right. not, not, not going to make my decision on whether I watch or not. But if it comes to a point where I'm like, well, you know what? This isn't fun anymore. Yeah. But I, it's not fun yeah. anymore.
2: Yeah. And honestly, I think so. like so many things, the commentary surrounding it is, is actually even worse than the thing itself. I, I personally don't even really have much of a problem with players kneeling. I, you know, they no. want to kneel, they kneel. Yeah. But it's so much about, well, why does that have to be this gigantic focus? Why is that the lead story? Oh, let's, let's okay, this one kneeled and this one did. I mean, it's the commentary that comes out around it the politicization of the game, when really it's like, you know, make your choice, Neil or not Neil, and whatever you wanna do, and then let's play football. You know, yep. right. it, it becomes this, this overarching theme about everything. Yeah. And the
0: commercials well, in between. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh my, okay, for the hundred millionth time, I get it, Black Lives Matter, you guys love it. That's great, I think Black Lives Matter too. Can we just like put that to bed and move on? It's just insufferable.
1: And that's it's become the entire presentation. Because I'm with you. Like I, I I don't literally don't care how you know if people want to kneel, they can kneel. Yeah,
0: it's like I I, I, I don't agree with it, but like I'm, I don't really question
1: their you know like some of the 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 ways they came to some of these decisions and such.
0: Um, but that's okay.
1: Like I think we keep going for this wor- this world where we're going for this you know racial equality, and I totally obviously agree with that. But like sure. I per- like what I really want is racial irrelevance. I want it to not <laughs> yes, matter
2: to anyone. Yes. Like I, you know-
0: I thought we were told by Martin Luther King <laughs> that that was like the,
2: yeah, the not goal. only that we used to have uh, colorblind casting as like the the, the yeah. standard bearer. This is like what real diversity is. Now colorblind casting is actually considered racist. Yeah, and, you know, we, we need the to orchestra. see color more. Yeah, yeah. that's a great uh, point. It's very strange. Yeah, it is. That's a,
0: well, it's 2020, so everything everything is strange these days all right we've got more to come back in a minute so bizarre but like
1: it's now it's just like the whole theme of the entire nba
0: All right. So we've talked about the election earlier. So let's, before we go, I, we, we got to touch on Joe Biden. Anytime Joe Biden is in the news, I think we did a Joe Biden gaffe yesterday. Um, but, you know, it, he's the gift that keeps on giving. And uh, he, he had his national press secretary go on with Brett Bayer, which I thought that Brett Bayer did a great job, a very fine job, uh, trying to ask... The questions I think he asked him uh, at one point, what Joe Biden would have done differently during the coronavirus pandemic, to which T.J. Ducklow, the press secretary, did not have an answer. It was just like, look, I I see what you're trying to do here. You're too, whoa, okay, yeah. I I mean, I'm not going to agree or disagree on whether or not Trump made the right call shutting down the borders. I mean, it was just, (laughs) it was ridiculous, right? Just Yeah, deflecting, deflecting. Um, And then he also asked the question uh, whether or not Joe Biden uses a teleprompter for his interview And here's a little bit of that exchange.
2: Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer a Q&A with supporters. Brett, we are not going to engage. This is this is straight from the Trump campaign. But well, yeah, they're using and, it. And what it does and what it does, Brett, is it's trying to distract the American people. I'm just to, from they're from, using from, from it. They the talk pendant. about it every day. Can you well, say yes or no? That's because they talk about it every day, Brett, because they don't have a coherent. Uh, well, you have strategy. an answer. Yes or no. Brett, they talk about it every day because <laughs> they don't have a coherent argument for why Donald Trump deserves reelection, deserves four more years. We know that he lied to the American people. We know that he has not uh, shown leadership during this crisis, and they are desperate to throw anything they can against the wall to try to distract from that fact. I understand, but you can't answer the question. I am not going to allow Trump campaign to funnel their questions through Fox News and get me to respond (laughs) to that.
0: Oh, man. Steve, I think it was Megan that I saw who had responded to this, but it's just like, if this guy thinks that. Everyone doesn't see what he's doing. He's crazy because it's very obvious what this guy's doing.
2: You know, it almost sounds like he's calling him the enemy of the people. The way he's describing <laughs> oh. the media in this, in this situation. Stop. Honestly, it's it's the, this this whole attack the messenger thing. It, it's it, I don't know how he can think that that's a, a good strategy. Honestly, I, I mean, it, it comes across so transparently. Uh, you know, just he's ducking the question and over and over again. You just try to deflect it and try to you know blame the the Trump campaign, would, who's literally you know not involved in the interview. it's a journalist interviewing a a, a campaign uh, spokesperson. Look, it's, it's it's a very strange strategy. It seems to be actually the kind of thing that a lot of Democrats do when they go on Fox News and, you know, it, it reminded me, honestly, of this this amazing clip from Tommy Vietor from Brett Baer, where he's asking him about uh, Benghazi and he goes, oh, dude, that was like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it's like oh, well, Jeez. can you answer the question? No, yeah. you just, just deflect and deflect and deflect. Yeah. Uh, awful strategy. And, uh, you know, frankly, it's, it's kind of the way Biden has been meeting the press in a lot of a lot, a lot of instances.
0: Stu, I want to get your thoughts, but I want to I want to play first, uh, you know, while we're discussing whether or not Joe Biden uses a teleprompter and why they won't answer the question. Uh, I just want to. To, uh, play Joe Biden speaking with Jake Tapper about the nickname Slow Joe. Watch.
1: Just look at us, okay? Just look at us. Who seems to be in
2: shape? Who's able to move around? Who's, I mean, this idea of, you know, Slow Joe. <laughs> I,
0: anyway, I, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh about it because, uh, anyway.
1: Donald Trump, uh, (laughs) just look at us both. Watch us and determine whether or not you think uh, um, I'm misleading anyone. Not you personally, but the public. (laughs) You know, look at me, judge me based on...
0: Oh, it's painful. It's physically painful to watch still.
1: (laughs) I have a a 1978 MG, uh, British made. And when you step on the gas, uh, it doesn't really go sometimes (laughs) like it just you just you press it and it's supposed to go forward and it doesn't. And that's Joe Biden's brain. Like, you, he, there's times where he thinks he's about to hit the accelerator and it just doesn't catch, you know? Something in the engine just isn't running anymore. Those are weird moments. That one, they, they vary for me from funny, which that one was, to yeah. sometimes really scary. Like, yeah. sometimes you're thinking, this guy could be president of the United States very easily, and he can't get through the, the most basic interactions with human beings uh, regularly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's a like low bar I'm setting here. I don't feel like I'm being unfair. It, it, it honestly feels also like... There's some level of of over preparation maybe or something that's happening because honestly yeah. I've seen him ask the same question so many times and he always does it by it's like he's told okay first you laugh all right laugh about it okay <laughs> then you say oh you know watch this it's like why don't you just just answer a question why don't you, why you have to like you know why why his campaign has to you know dissect every press appearance I mean because he does so few of them right. and, you know we, we we get stuck with these these things that just honestly you know it looks like it's it's something he's trying to frankly, recall a teleprompter almost in his head of like, what was the script here? What should I, how do I answer this? Instead of just talking, uh, it's really... A struggle, I feel like. He's
1: That's developed a, a, a tactic too, where he uh, laughs or says, come on, man, or yeah. whatever. He has these tics where he goes to when he realizes he doesn't know where he's going. <laughs> yeah. And then you could see it in, in effect there. He gets a little lost. He's maybe trying to remember a talking point. So he just kind of like laughs and says, ah, I, I better stop. I better stop. Well, no one's asking you to stop. <laughs> this is not the debate <laughs> where the bell's going off.
2: You're just in a conversation. Speaking of, can't wait for the debate oh, when the bells no, are going I off. Know. Oh, yeah. I, know. I
0: know. Anyway, there's your Joe Biden amusement for the day. You're welcome, America, back in a it's just like the wit the key black. Hey, uh, before we go, those of you who are watching, maybe you're watching on the YouTube live stream, uh, maybe you're watching on Blaze TV, Facebook, whatever the case may be, if you have not yet subscribed to the audio podcast, make sure that you go over there and do that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, show us some love, subscribe, and rate it, and then review it. But don't... you mm-hmm. Stu, you keep bringing in your peeps mm-hmm. who are like it's great whatever and i'm like this uh, on, on on this show on this podcast yes all over the place. What have you started?
1: It's a really, it's just what a dumb person I am that my catchphrase (laughs) somehow became it's great, whatever, as if people don't even like the show. But they're all over. They're over my wife's podcast. Soon they'll be over Megan Kelly's podcast. It's great, whatever. They
0: love it so much they go to our shows (laughs) and it carries over. Uh, And then before we go, Steve, tell everyone where they can find you.
2: Yeah, uh, you can subscribe to the email newsletter fourthwatch.media, free, and fourthwatch podcast as well. I have a podcast where you can say it's great, whatever.
0: You so rate and review, subscribe to that podcast as well. You're, you're giving them the invitation to do that, and you're going to be sorry that you I'll, did.
1: I'll take it for now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.